everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Coin Journal podcast. I'm here today with Mark Bassa. That's how you pronounce your name, right? That's it, yeah. <laughs> Who is, um, well, director of uh, Hawk Finance, who are one of the original meme tokens. So do you want to just give a quick uh, introduction about yourself, Mark? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dan. So, yeah, I'm the director at Hawk Finance. Um, it was one of the uh, uh, original meme tokens that peaked at like an $830 million market cap way back in meme season. Uh, when Elon Musk went on SNL. Um, back then, I wasn't even a part of Hawk. I was just a holder. Uh, as, a, as a, I was a holder of many meme tokens. But my crypto journey started uh, many years before. Uh, 2011, 2000, 2010 or 11, started uh, working with Bitcoin on an omni-currency payment gateway that was supported by Microsoft and the Australian government back then. I was trying to tell investors to buy BTC um, many years ago. Um, since then, I've been involved in all sorts of projects, mostly branding uh crypto side of things high growth startups um i am the brand director at layer one i've uh, co-founded a japanese video game developer uh in um, in europe as well so i'm involved in all sorts of things advising and everything and uh what i do at hawk now is well i basically came on board as a as a fan of what they were doing and i said hey i think with some strategy and structure we can put together a serious business and um have some longevity because meme season will be over someday so how exactly do you form a business out of a meme then? <laughs> that's a really good question. So so that's what I discovered early on was that meme tokens have never been set up for longevity. They were set up for fun. Um, there's no treasury management in place. So when you hit a multi-billion dollar market cap, it's just a bunch of guys developing, not considering how do you actually grow that sort of money. So what I had to do from the very, very uh, early days was really have the strategic vision of what we are going to become in the next five years and even 10 years, which is building DeFi products that people can use in their everyday life. Crypto spending, payment gateways, all those things that people are doing now on other DeFi protocols. Um, the, the one thing that I can say with Hog, they had a very big team of volunteers, a really dedicated team. So they, so so with, with meme tokens, the one thing that they miss and the one thing that they have is also quite ironic. So meme tokens have the best brands in the world specifically they have cult followings and you can put anything towards uh, um, holders and they'll shill it for you and that's very hard to do if you imagine people lining up outside of apple for three days for an iphone um, it's quite similar with meme tokens what meme tokens don't have is strategic direction uh, you could say seller teams and a, vi and a, and a real vision and um, that's what i had to put together was like say to the team okay here's where we're going to go and let's build a company, let's get uh, licensing, advisors, all those sorts of things, putting it together, and then start developing things for the long term. Okay, and I, I guess, like, so you've got, like, Hawk was set up originally as a meme, though, and is it easy just yeah. to pivot into creating a fully-fledged DeFi product? Nope, it's, um, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in the crypto space, because you are fighting everything. You're fighting sabotage from other projects you're fighting fud you're fighting investors that bought in at the top the market changes and then blame you you're fighting uh you're fighting you could say the market itself which is always going to consider memes trash and so you, you keep fighting all these things every day there's something that that will go wrong and go happen so it's been extremely difficult just to get this far but if you look at what we've come the last few months we have a team of like 36 people located 
globally. We've got a registration uh, in the Dubai Free Zone as a crypto company for distributed ledger technology. We've got a product suite. We've got um, you know a staking mechanism where you can stake your USDC and ETH and get yield. We've got an NFT collection with some cool as DeFi utility where you can mint an NFT and it, it earns yield the moment it's minted. We have an NFT dashboard coming out for investors. Um, we have this bridge, this brilliant bridge. If you can imagine if BTC was a bridge and you could run a node for it, that's coming out soon. And now we're moving into more of the gaming side of things. So that with leadership from, um, from our CTO, Drew, um, and the other shareholders has really been a, a, an important key in transitioning that over. Because if you don't have those team members, you can literally never transition a meme token into a DeFi player or actually have any success in any project. I think team is probably the number one thing that, that you need. Okay. And, and what would you say? Like, so you mentioned there that branding, that memes have like the best branding in the world. Um, but so let's look at Hawk here. Like, does, does it still trade as a meme token, like the actual token itself? Yeah. So, so it, it, it trades as a meme token, but so, so when, when we took over the project and I mean, myself and other team members, the, the, the project was in the hands of other people abandoned. Now we, we basically have the ownership of the project, right? So in terms of the, the, the brand itself, we stopped focusing on any token volume pricing action a long time ago. We just kept building because uh, I think it was Jeff Bezos had this really great quote and he was like, you know, like what happens in the background is never an indication of, of, of like the stock price and the stock price is, is never an indication of the, of the background of what's happening behind the scenes. And so, so many people are focused on the price of a token and not realizing that it, that the team is still valuable. The products are still valuable. The difference in, you can say in crypto is that one person with brand equity endorses a brand and in crypto, because it's so volatile, especially in meme tokens, all of a sudden the, the, um, the asset is worth something. Why? It's the same brilliant team, same brand. So we, we pushed ourselves so far away from any price action, of course, because it's, it's not an asset. Um, and we did this because we wanted to focus on building. If you keep checking the price every day, you can get, you can feel down. Oh, the price isn't moving. No one wants to buy the token. They don't know what's going on. We are building behind the scenes every single day, releasing what we can, putting things out there. But if, but if you're, but, but again, like this is the nature of meme tokens and this is why I hated them so much and why I love them. I love the brand vibes and the community spirit behind meme tokens, but I hated the fact that everyone always judged the token based on what it was worth and not what was, what was being built. Okay. But yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, and definitely it's absolutely true about the, the Jeff Bezos quote with, with companies and their share price. Um, but like at the same time, it, were memes not just always created just for price, definitely at the start anyway. And some, like you're saying, you're building here with Hawk, but a lot of memes weren't building. It was purely just for, for greater fool theory and speculation, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, of course, like, like we can never speak about other meme tokens, but I would say that, yes, they are started for fun. Then they go ahead and they use the community to shield the projects. And then they say, okay, now we're going to do farming and now we're going to do staking and all these things. And they kind of just plot along and build shit as they go, but they don't really have any direction about it. Like we, we, we employed some 
some top level advisors who helped us with strategic advantage, strategic vision on how we actually do things to scale. So we so with that and putting together a vision, we opened up a $10 million Series A to scale this whole project worldwide, equity in a business, not tokens. Like we, we didn't have to rely on the celebrity endorsement to move that price. We're going after a serious business. But none, I could say none, none of the other projects, or I shouldn't say none of all the other projects, but many of them, they don't start like this without any uh, seriousness to them. So what I wanted to do was combine the meme brand with the DeFi ecosystem to do something that I don't think anyone's really done in the space. So you, you typically have, um, for example, um, a DeFi player that is, you know, really pressured by VCs to get that token price up, despite them having in, incredible utility, or maybe they raise tons of money just based on a theory. We're going to do this with our protocol. We'll be the first one, but they really struggle with branding. You really got to prove yourself in the in the DeFi space. They're not into brands. They're into you know total tech, right? Whereas on the on the meme side of things, uh, tech is is far less. Um, speculation is higher. But what they have is an army. You look at Shiba Inu or Dogecoin. It doesn't matter what happens to the price of those tokens. Well, maybe maybe Shiba's taken a bit of a hit in the last few months. The sentiments change. But take take Dogecoin. People just go online and share memes. They're on Reddit. It's a loving community. No one really talks that much shit. They just kind of go, okay, Elon's going to uh, uh, use uh, Doge um, you know, in SpaceX. Cool. Here's a meme. And they don't really care. And there's something beautiful about that. If you add utility to that, to the millions of people, then you can win. But if you try to do both, um, you could say if you try to do one without the other, it's quite hard. So just utility is, is really hard to, to market. And just meme branding is is very uh, short term. But to stick with, say, the example there of Dodge and Shiba, like, what's Dodge now? Dodge is 8.8 .8 billion it's worth now. Like, it, it, does there need to be an asset attached to that? That you're saying, oh, there's a great community and they go on, they share memes with each other and it's just like Reddit, which, which, which is great, definitely. And that's all very positive. But does there need to be an asset attached to that? Well, it depends on what the vision is for Doge. So for us at Hoc, the vision is to become that thing right to become the thing that we believe we can we can actually achieve which is uh you could say meme powered DeFi or a DeFi ecosystem powered by memes but when you when you don't have the strategic vision you've just got people sharing memes you've just got fun but if that's what you want and you don't want to run a business fine but i had a a dream to run a business i had a dream to turn this into something that people could use so it's great that you can like many meme tokens get partnerships and then you all of a sudden you can use Shiba Inu with something. So what? Like, is it going to be accepted at Amazon? Then there'll be a level of speculation added to it. But what else can you do with it? Are you actually building stuff, right? Are you, are you building uh, payment mechanisms to do things in the crypto space? And a lot of them don't want to do that. And that's fine if they don't want to do that. But I'm, but my, I guess my, my vision about this is we want to do something using the meme brand in DeFi rather than just have a token that sits out there and people share memes. And, and do you think that there's like maybe a dark side to these memes as well in terms of like, say to, to, to use Hawk here, um, the previous owners, you said they, they abandoned it, right? But it, it, it still reached 800 million market cap at its peak. 
and like the creators or the the, the original investors probably made a lot of money presumably if, if they sold on the way up which which a lot of these I no don't know they what didn't with hop but a lot of these no they didn't actually they so didn't. that those original guys that were there uh, ne never sold anything and I, I can absolutely confirm that they never actually <laughs> it was their it was it was their fault that they never sold anything and held for too long they didn't have an exit strategy so they're the original creators okay so when you say that exit strategy like a lot of memes would say or a lot of memes that did get up yeah. to those levels they would have that exit strategy on their holders like do you think that that's kind of a dark side to these memes oh totally i i think it's um speaking freely it's completely fucked how some of these projects are run but it's also up to the individual to know what they're investing into if you're putting your entire life savings into a company that you have no idea who is running it and then it gets rugged, well, I'm sorry, but that is your fault. Equally, uh, you're you're entirely responsible if you're a developer and you're, you're um, starting projects, uh, you know, with no identity and luring people, people into buying into your project and then you rug it. Absolutely. You're, you're also a piece of crap. Like, there's two sides to it and both comes down to responsibility and that's the that's the worst part of crypto and and you can say about many other projects that get hacked or scammed or whatever it's that you know everybody wants btc and, and, and ethereum and everything else to you know and eth to shoot up in price but no one's looking at the the big question here who's going to lead regulation on what blockchain is that going to be on because until you have that you're just going to keep having these projects that can get away with these sorts of things. So I, I, I always dislike that thing. And when I, when I actually joined Hawk and, you know, I was the only person who had, um, who was doxxed, who had my face who was at one point for, for a little while, there was just, just me on the website, putting my face out there, risking that this thing could be rugged at any time. And, um, you know, eventually more and more people came on and started to believing it. We started getting more press. Like we, we had a press agent. And I was, you know, getting quoted in, in all these different publications about meme tokens and, and NFTs and everything. And then people started to build more trust in it. And it's a really hard thing to do to build trust in, in meme tokens. And we've come up with that so many times when, when we've showed investors or, you know, potential partners what we do. They're like, wow, are you guys really a meme token? Like, are you sure? It's actually only just today we updated our, our logo and soon we'll have a new brand to accompany the sediment of a trusted DeFi project powered by memes. But it's it's very it's very difficult to balance. And you still want to have like powered by memes in there. Like that's still key to the, the vision that you guys are trying to build. I mean we never want to get rid of that Inu foundation. We never want to just walk away because it, it is the fun part of, of crypto and DeFi. Um you know so many of these massive projects that are out there, if they just had some some good sort of VC-minded people and business-minded people, like what they could do with that money, investing in their projects, like they would be enormous market players. They, they, they could dominate and take over so many payment gateways. In fact, it's it's funny, like one of the, one of the you could say, customers that we're talking to now, uh, they are come from a very, very traditional industry. And they looked at us and we built all these things. They're like, hey, can you build us a, a payment gateway to help us um, get past all these uh, centralized systems that just delay everything and you know it's 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 a really interesting project because our brand and what we've building what we are building and what we've built has proven to them that you know you can do something with crypto and it's like it's an industry that you would never never think about using uh, a meme token let alone 
uh, crypto. So slowly but surely we're making our mark and we'll have that transition. And is it intimidating to be building right now amid the current crypto climate or wider market climate in general? Um, not intimidating. I would say it's what we just kind of have to do. Just buckle down, focus and build. The, the, the team normally has, you know, really good uh, energy, high or low. And we'd have to remind everybody time to time, like, you know, things will pick back up. Like it's, if you consider when Hawk was registered only a few months ago, like we are really early stage uh, startup. And to be in a position already to open a Series A for a company based on taking over a project is incredible. Um, so, and again, it's it's a challenging and it's daunting more on the fact of how young we are and how fast crypto moves. So everybody wants everything now. Like, why didn't you release that thing? Why isn't that happening? Why, why isn't the token going up? And I'm like, fuck, I don't care about the token. I'm just going to keep building. And that is probably hard to deal with those sorts of challenges rather than the the building side of things okay yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and I, I guess maybe that's a positive of the this bear cycle is that there might be less speculation and less like uber focus on that pricing um yeah. where, where out of curiosity where do you think like do you think that we could be headed for a sustained bear market here or what, what are your thoughts on kind of the direction we're going in general sometimes journalists will ask me what do i think is going to happen to Bitcoin. And I'm like, well, it's going to go up or it's going to go down because I just don't know anymore. I know long-term, I can tell you in 10 years, my feelings are that things are going to change. Short-term, and I mean short-term is like two and three years, I don't know. There's so many indicators of of crashes and, 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 and financial crisis and then so many indicators that things will turn around. I've heard bankers say, actually, the recession is not going to get that bad. And I've heard others who are like, no way, the property market's coming down and everything's going down with it. You just don't know. You know how many, how many analysts bet on ETHing 10 grand at the end of last year? Like I read that so many times and I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. And what happened? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's ETH to 20 grand analyst predictions. There's 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 everything out there. Yeah, um, yeah I guess. I mean, crypto is a dangerous game if you're in it short term because it is that volatile. Any high beta asset is, and I think kind of that probably needs to be accentuated more sometimes. Um, like if you don't have a long-term hold horizon, it's difficult to be in this space as an investor, I think. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's interesting. And, and so like the future of memes, like do you, do you think like Dodge and or Doge and um, Shiba and all these things have like long, like they staying power? Like when you say 10 years, you think things will be different for Bitcoin and, and all the rest of them. Like, are we talking memes here as well? Regulation is going to come and a lot of these meme tokens uh, won't exist because of that. Um, and it's it's good for a reason because you want to have less of the, the shitty players. And it's not just meme tokens. We know crypto. There's all kinds of, of characters. Mm, yeah. Long term on meme tokens, I mean, like, kind of like I said before, if the ones that are going to survive are the ones that are going to build stuff that people can use under their brand. So if it's going to be a video game or a payment gateway, and they actually fund teams with strategic investment, strategic vision, how are we going to launch this product in what areas, what customers can we get? What's our acquisition strategy, all these things. If they do that, they can win. But if they, if they kind of base their whole, day-to-day -day operations. And I honestly think that many of these tokens are run like that. Just day-to-day, -day, let's build something, let's release something, right? You see a little roadmap and it's 
like what can really happen from that like who we i mean are you going to convince serious investors with serious money or are you just going to convince the you know the average retail investor who puts in a couple grand or you know sometimes a couple hundred bucks it's hard to know what's going to happen to all these meme tokens but i mean i, I really don't think many of them are going to survive and we make that transition away from being just a meme to DeFi, because DeFi is here to stay memes i don't know you can pull off a meme brand with some cool stuff behind it but but just being a meme i mean what value are people getting from it now people are going to hold on and 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 i say this a million times like people that buy the token what are you expecting to do you're holding on to that token for purely speculative reasons and then the token partners so you can spend that token do you think i want to spend my bitcoin on amazon do you think I want to just like sell a, a, a highly valuable asset and so I can buy some shoes online? I don't want to do that with those things. And people don't, don't want to do that with Shiba Inu. That's what I believe anyway. I think people who are early in want to hold it and then say, okay, I want to use this token because I want to you know, get out of my nine to five or retire, retire young. But I don't think spending is the right thing. I think, that, I think that the way that these companies should be doing things is building DeFi dApps and then earning money that way into legitimate businesses. Yeah, so yeah, I probably I probably agree with that. I I I find it hard to believe that Doge will still be worth eight point eight billion in in ten years, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> it could make it look very silly from saying that. Look, if 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 Elon Musk has some like massive dreams for it, right? If he if he only makes it um, the exclusive currency of SpaceX, <laughs> and you're taking all these trips to to the moon every day, fine, um, that makes sense. Okay, then then you can generate lots of money, billions of dollars annually because that's what people will pay it'll make a lot of money if he does the same with tesla or if or if doge is just the 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 currency behind you know facilitating some other transactions rather than just payments you know can you can you use it to facilitate data fine it'll, it'll be very successful because the the again the brand and the audience and the customers you can say are already there it's built that's the hardest thing to build that's why ming tokens are like so valuable because you've got you know hundreds of thousands to millions of people that that like your product who can share your product whereas the DeFi side you've just got utility but you can't get it out to the market you don't have that brand that resonates with people you've got no brand equity people don't understand it it's too technical it's too crypto it's too blockchain so they go after the meme and that's what shiba inu really did when they came out with the whole doge killer vibes people were against it but it made a lot of sense and what that doge killer um you could say mission statement meant was well you missed out on doge now you can get into shiba inu and the same with uh, polygon and um and solana being called the ethereum killers people bought into that early stage let's say brand because they missed out on ethereum being what, eight cents 16 cents whatever it was yeah that's true and i guess the network effects if you like that memes have built up is definitely valuable to have to have that amount of people bought into anything like you say is hugely valuable because you've got you've got a, a target market kind of already captured there in one essence yep. um but yeah it's it's it, the rest of it's kind of up, up in the air i suppose um so like and, and you're definitely scared of regulation with me or not scared but you think that regulation could really hammer these memes like do you think it could impact the rest of the crypto market like negatively i mean 
I mean, re so, so regulation is, is also like it's seen as bad to the DeFi crowd, but it's also very much needed. Yeah. So you, you know, um, if any big corporation is going to start using a currency, you have to have like um, anti-money laundering stuff in place in order so you can do, you know, business. Um, if Apple and Google are going to get into using uh, crypto on a regular basis for their customers, they, they need these things in place. But you imagine if Apple and Google buy um, ETH or Bitcoin or anything, I mean, that's good for all the things because they're one of the biggest companies in the, in the whole world. So the regulation will come. It's just a matter of how it's going to come and who does it affect. Um, you want to be decentralized? You can still be decentralized with regulation. But a lot of people don't want regulation to come for other reasons, you know, for tax evasion and, uh, and other things. But if, like, <laughs> it's very binary. Like, there, like you cannot win and just win. You're going to have to take some losses. You're going to have to lose something. So every time you lose on one token and you put a thousand bucks in, you learn something else, which is, okay, maybe I should be safer with my money every time you buy something but i think people in crypto now are, are, are in this wild west like okay i'm gonna retire and i'm just gonna throw all this money at all sorts of shit coins and then when it doesn't work out i'm gonna blame the developers and the projects but you made that choice and what regulation does is say hey before you do something just look at the team look at the company look at all these different things before you jump in and do it because if it's not regulated it's a gamble you might as well go to the casino. Some people get lucky, and I mean very few. If you look at me when I was telling investors, like I said, 2010 or 11 to buy a Bitcoin, and I'm talking like serious investors, they were like, is it a scam? Can it be hacked? All these things. And it was worth probably like eight cents that year. I can't remember. It was worth nothing. Now they all want to buy it. I mean, the, the market changed and adapted to making this asset valuable. Now it's bit of speculation of who drives that price there are a lot of whales in bitcoin that can manipulate the the price by now but media has a responsibility too if you say a project's going to die or a project is good or regulation is coming how many times have we heard certain nations banning bitcoin only for the price to go down and the whales to buy up like i just sometimes shake my head when i look at the industry of people who are just so focused on the on the money getting out of my life, getting out of everything, placing a bet on something. Like now that I put my money into a shit coin and when I get out, that's when I'll be happy. Like you've got a lot going for you already. Be happy with that. Sounds a bit like maybe cynical, but I'm just like <laughs> after working around crypto and blockchain for so long, you just kind of know who's in it for the serious long-term stuff to be focused on and who's there to, you know, to have fun, have a gamble. Yeah, I mean, anytime there's the explosive amount of capital coming into any space like crypto scene over the last decade, you're, you're going to get a lot of gambling around the side, which is what we've seen with a lot of these, these shit coins, as you say. Um, so you think whales have or slash still are manipulating the Bitcoin price? I mean, you have um, the US government's one of the top holders as a other nations and other companies like it. I mean, if you own so much of something like you can do this, I'm not saying that it's being done, but I'm just saying that um, it's more 
like everything can be manipulated from from media to cryptocurrency to fiat currency everything but how big of a bet are you going to take that you can ride that manipulation there are people out there that can ride the market they can buy eth now and sell it four grand <laughs> like people did at the at the all-time high whatever it hit four five or whatever like they they did that but not many did right yeah it's difficult to do did you say the u.s government was one of the biggest holders of bitcoin I think they're number two. You can see on on, on some, uh, just Google it. I remember reading that they have a lot. I think they're the second biggest holder. China might be number one. US government? Where, where are they getting that Bitcoin from? I don't know, from all the, from all the people from uh, LimeWire. I don't know. <laughs> whoever whoever had Bitcoin back in the day, I'm, I'm certainly one of the top holders. I was on another <laughs> podcast talking about it to another guy. Um, I remember seeing this list of holders of, of BTC, Russian government. There, there are a lot of other players involved. Yeah. I, I I thought they auctioned it off, a lot of us. I don't know. I mean, why? Okay, I'm, I, won't, I won't get all, you know, uh, conspiracy, but I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Like, right, right now, if you've got lots and lots of money, why wouldn't you buy something like Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a different question. Uh, I, I I personally think yeah, if you've got a lot of money, why not diversify a little bit of your portfolio in? But I'm a I'm a big believer in Bitcoin long term. Um, yep. I don't know if the, if the U.S. government would be thinking like that or some other people. Everyone's hey, got man, their own goals. The, the, US, the U.S. dollar is like it's 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 like it's becoming a a currency of second choice. You look at all the networkers, all the uh, contractors we use, and all the other things. Like people would rather take crypto rather than US dollar. Why? Because of inflation, they keep printing more. Rapid spending. California has the most insane spending on the planet. And what happens? It's it's the California government kind of reminds me of mean tokens, and I, and I mean this like I don't care which side you vote for. I I, I really don't care. For me, it's more like. Let's look at let's look at typical crypto teams. Now there are some brilliant developers and people behind meme tokens and, and other projects. Absolutely. But let's look at kind of the the experience behind something. Very few people are like Zuckerberg and Bezos and Elon Musk, who never ran big companies. But how many exits, you know, Elon sold his first company when he was like what, twenty five and like these are these are some serious people. Very, very few. They are the top 1% of the top 1% and less. These are real people you can bet on. When you go into government, you normally come out of university or you work in the public sector your whole life, and then you're going to decide on monetary policies. That's why the money is just wasted down the drain. And it's very similar to a lot of these cryptocurrency, you know, meme projects where you've just got a bunch of dudes developing stuff. And like I said, when they explode, like they never, they like, okay, to their, in their defense, who could imagine that these tokens would explode to like billion dollar market caps? That is wild. But could you not do any, any sort of treasury management, anything to foresee in the future? What if this thing gets big? Fine. If you develop it as a joke, I get it. Like the guys from um, Doge did. That was a literal joke. And I remember seeing one of the founders, I can't remember which one it was, it was on Twitter and someone's like, hey man, did you develop 
uh, Dogecoin with uh, sustainability in mind. He's like, dude, I developed it in three hours. Like, I don't, I didn't think about anything. And that's what I mean. To their defense, they didn't think about these things. So much like many of these uh, Western governments, they just spend taxpayers' money like mad. And then we wonder why we don't get anywhere. There's no infrastructure or it's going to be, or it's going to go to shit. That's why the US dollar is looked at like that because of so many municipalities and and and, and governments at a different level just spend money. They don't have a proper plan. They have this like four-year cycle. So all the work that you do in four years is done. Imagine that in crypto. Every four years, uh, the Ethereum Foundation changed teams. Huh. Yeah, the, the four-year cycle, I think, is key because even if you look at like the debt crisis now or money printing, let's take money printing, like why turn off the printer during your term when it's going to cause like short-term panic, market's going to dip, like you're going to be viewed as a terrible president or prime minister or whatever. Why not just kick the can down the road? So, I mean, I guess that's what we're seeing at the moment. But the, yep. did, did you say that all contractions stuff are preferred are now preferring getting to be paid in crypto rather than USD? 99%. In, in my whole, how many years I've been working with people in crypto or even in branding in crypto and blockchain, 99% would prefer crypto for sure. But, but I mean, that's that's a skewed demographic, right? If you're working in crypto, you... Yeah, if you're working in crypto, but I mean... Yeah, but I mean, like, if you if you give the right contractor the op opportunity, so just like a graphic designer or a web developer, just to, just the option to pay in crypto, they will do it. 99% of the time. I'm not sure if that's 99% outside of crypto, though. Which is probably well, I'll put it like this. In my experience, from all the people that we that, that I've paid for websites or mobile app development or legal, for example, lawyers. Set, you know, me, one of the lawyers that we have used in the past was the uh, the attorney for um, one of the biggest exchanges in the world. Now, they don't work in crypto. They are a law firm. They have crypto clients, but they they accepted crypto as payment. That's interesting for a law firm. Um, I, don't, I don't even think I could like legally tell you who their client was because I don't even think that. I mean, we knew because I maybe might have been on their website, but I mean, the attorneys were like, "Yeah, like like that's the setup." Because they they also know, like they're not stupid. They know that the the US dollar is just reflected in with with these negative sentiments now. Inflation yeah. I I mean, I think it, it's it's a risk tolerance play, though, right? Like, like, yeah, I'm I'm a massive believer in Bitcoin long term, and I, I'm very anti money printing. Um, and yeah. I'm very pessimistic on the state of the economy in general, and 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 the US dollar, whatnot. But I mean, it's still an enormous gamble right now holding crypto short term. Like, if you're even over the next one to two years, like we were saying earlier, like, yeah, a, bit, a dollar might de de depreciate ten percent a year, or whatever. Your fiat currency might depreciate that much per year. Yeah. But like, yeah, Bitcoin can can throw up a fifty percent red candle overnight. So, I mean, I guess it is a risk tolerance play right now. Well, the the really sad part about this is that stable coins were crypto's um, kind of backup, you could say, to getting into the retail sector. And then with all this crap with um, Doquan and uh, all the other ones, like now it's like, oh, stable coins too. So, so I used to like pitch stable coins as a way for a company to, you know, send and receive money fast. And then you can always exchange it and exchange to your, to your centralized bank. But then now all these headlines come out about a stable coin that crashed. And they're like, oh, stable coins, no, crypto is unsafe. 
yeah yeah no the stablecoin thing is devastating with the image um the, the whole i mean but yeah it's, it's a shame because like the concept of dk's doquan's um like that d or uncollateralized algorithmic stablecoin it shouldn't really be viewed as a stablecoin like it's almost it annoys me that he was allowed branded as a stablecoin like it should have been kind of branded as something else because it's really not and then tether i think is hugely damaging too whether you believe in tether or not i i don't i don't actually care what like your views on it are but the fact that there are constantly headlines about it and there's constantly stories and mainstream journalists asking about it just breeds like that kind of narrative in itself whether it's true or not it is just negative by the fact that the actual debate exists if you get me totally um it's it's all bad for blockchains wider development and there is a there is a a split between blockchain and crypto, right? Blockchain is not crypto, you, you can say. Yeah. And 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 those are two very different types of developers and industries, um, which overlap. But it's not good for either of them, because you see those memes where it's like, you know, like like, like you know, I'm the only one in my family that works in crypto. And if my, if, with, with my wife's family, and then you know, it's always the topic of the room. Oh, how's your crypto going, buddy? And I'm doing fine. Like, I'm not down like a lot of people. I'm I'm actually fine because I prepared mostly for these sorts of things. So I, you know, I didn't have, have anything in, in, in these, in these stable coins that, that crashed, but the retail investor is going to look at this now and go, Oh no, crypto stable coins. That's all a scam, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's definitely terrible. Um, I guess we're going to have to wrap up soon, but just to, to close off, like, how much blame and like what what do you think should happen people like doquan say i don't know like i mean i i hate to uh dance on someone's grave i mean that that bastard right now is really like copying a lot of shit from mm. so many people um didn't his wife get get death threats or something like some crazy stuff happened oh wow i didn't and, see that no, I, I saw something in passing on Twitter. I, I thought maybe she had to go into protection. Don't quote me on it, but like like all these guys, and and you know you can only be at the top for so long. No one stays up there. Like as I said, everything is like I think my position in life now. I think things are more binary than ever. You know, to win something you must lose, and vice versa. So when I see someone like him losing, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure. So his name is ruined and that's really all you have in the whole world is yet your, your i mean your name and your health right and your family yeah your name is crucial to your career your family is crucial to your your happiness and your health is crucial to your life and somebody like Doak Wan, he must be losing everything right now so what should happen to him i mean he knew something was happening and i i i heard maybe these rumors that he was like cashing out if he yeah. did that, that's bad and he should be punished. Mm. But at the same time, I also am balanced with this and being, you know, impartial to say, well, what would I have done? If you're if you're losing, like, you know, fight or flight, what would you actually do? It's kind of like that scenario of like, you know, the, the train comes down the track and like you can either kill one person or save somebody else. Like yeah. ethically, morally, what do you do in that situation? If you are him, this young guy who's developed all these things and he gets a bit of an ego. You know, some 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 people who I think the people that get egos are the ones not prepared for money and what money does. So maybe he had a weak character in the beginning, and now he's paying for it. And 
matter what anyone says or does or what happens to the law and he goes to prison, his his life is ruined anyway. Yeah, it's an interesting point, actually. Um, I guess a lot of people just given his antics on Twitter and the run up and that ego and the fact he kind of berated people and, and was arrogant about it and like refused to even debate the p- potential of, of the death spiral, exactly what happened is why a lot yep. of people kind of want to see him uh, be, be punished a bit more. But I mean, they do. This is, this is a witch trial. You're right, they do. They want to see him punished. And what we are witnessing right now is like a, a witch trial. Everyone's pointing there's a witch. Burn him at the stake. And and people are basing their evidence of what they saw online. Maybe he was a super charitable guy that helped old ladies cross the street and he fed the poor. We have no idea about that stuff. And you rarely see that in a case like this. That's true. And it's those pe- those people still invested in it. So I think there's a little bit of that. It's like, oh, I invested my uh, X dollars in this and I-, I lost it, but I didn't lose it. You lost it for me. You scammed me. But it's like, I mean, everything was out there. The concept of this death spiral was well circulated. It wasn't like it completely came out of the blues. So that's the other side of it too. And I feel terrible for those people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when I mentioned earlier about the people that bought in at the top, like I, I feel bad that things happened the, the, the way that you know you hope that they wouldn't but i really hope that life can go on in so many scenarios i th- i think if anything like i've lost potential to make staggering amounts of money by not investing into things and and not being a cowboy when it's kind of my nature to be more rebellious and be more of a cowboy <laughs> living mm-hmm. in australia and swimming with sharks and seeing deadly snakes it's just what you do right like oh, yeah. <laughs> you might be dead tomorrow why not why not ape into a shit coin so i think mm-hmm. um I think that's kind of like your investor profile. But I, I think, you know, deep down, almost all of us want to be successful. We want to have money and we don't want to do the nine to five. And we hope and we pray that these things will pay off. And most of the times they don't. So what can you do for yourself to change your life and not bet on these things to change it for you? Um, maybe that sounds a little like Tony Robbins, but it really is true. If you think about it that way, I just... um I've got faith in meme coins for the ones that survive and do good. And I've got faith in all the other projects. I wish the best for Doge and for Shiba Inu and all the other legit ones. I, I hope the best for us as well. All you can do is build and just see how it goes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's probably a, a good a place as any to leave it. Um, but yeah, best of luck with the building. Um, I guess we'll see, we'll see uh, on all the other questions regarding Bitcoin and the bear market and the future of Doge and, and everything else. But yeah, best of luck with everything. And, and thanks for, for joining us today. Thanks so much, Dan. I hope I have some cool updates for you in the future. Yeah, we'll keep track. Cheers, mate.